Acts chapter 3. Are you ready for the word today? Acts 3 and 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms, to ask money from those who came into the temple. That's a good place to stack up right in front of the temple because they're probably thinking, if you can pray, you'll probably give me some money. And so he stacked up right there in front of the temple gates and asked for money because he couldn't walk. He was lame. And Peter and John were about to go in through these gates. These were apostles. These were disciples. These were men who just freshly got filled with the Holy Ghost power. And they were going to go into the prayer uh, there at the temple. And the Bible says in verse 3 that he saw Peter and John, this lame man, about to go into the temple. He asked those men of God for money, for a donation. And fixing, verse 4, fixing his eyes on him, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He knew that he had something locked in. He knew that he had their attention. The lame man knew that these two men were going to do something. He didn't know what it was. It wasn't a normal thing for him. Probably figured out how money was going to come, but this was different. He knew he would receive something because they were engaged in conversation. So verse 6 says, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I don't have money that you're looking for. But what I do have, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. I'm going to give it to you because I already have it. I'm going to give it to you because I already have it. Because you can't give what you don't have. Because you can't help anybody if you're hurting. Because you can't bless anybody if you don't already have it first. Giving comes from receiving. And if you're not a good receiver, you're an impossible giver. And that's why I told you today in the beginning of this service or beginning of this message, go ahead and get yours today. Get yours and don't feel bad because there are people that need, but we don't have it. We don't have it because we don't spend time getting it. And if we don't get it, we can't give it. And there are lame people who cannot walk that need a miracle in their life. And if we will access the power of God, we can get it for ourselves and we can give it away. So I felt like just talking to, about this story today where these men said, I don't, have, I don't have it, but I do have this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What a great gift. Forget wanting money. I want my legs back. Forget wanting money. I want my new life. Forget those little temporary things. I want something bigger than that. You know, it's a sad thing. People come to our church asking for money, but they ought to be asking for a miracle. We're more than the church that gives money away. We're the church that can give people new purpose, new life, new direction, new legs to walk on. Let that be our church in Jesus' name. The Bible says in verse 7, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received their strength. So he leapt up, stood, walked, and entered into the temple with them. Yeah, he joined them. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Is it biblical to praise God in the New Testament? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
What's wrong with the church is not the praise, it's the lack of miracles. God, give us something supernatural that can happen that makes people want to get up and shout and leap. God, renew in us a testimony, renew in us a new fresh fire. Praise God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I just think, I just think the Lord loves to do things in public because then he gets the praise. Then that's why it's good to come to church whenever you have a problem. Because that, that really increases the chances that God's going to give you a miracle. God wants to get something out of this. And how does it, what does he want? He wants to, to let his glory be spread whenever he does a miracle in front of everybody else. And that's why it's good for you to be lame in front of everybody else. I'm not, I'm not even preaching yet, but I'm preaching. That's why it's good for us to come to church and prove we've got problems. Because we have a God that wants to manifest his power in your problems so that he can get the glory. But we hide from God. We hide from God. If you would bring your problems and let them be seen, you could get a miracle today. That's why we run to the altar at the end of church. We want everybody to know we've got a problem so that he'll solve it. And God gets the glory. We get our legs back. So they, they knew, verse 10, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. People said, hey, wait a minute, that's the lame man who couldn't walk, and now he can. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him, and revival began to burst out at the seams because of this miracle. Everybody say in Jesus' name. It's not wrong to get what you need. It's not wrong to get what you need. It's not wrong. Take the guilt away in Jesus' name. It is not wrong for you to receive what you need today. It is not wrong for you to just pause your relationships around you and responsibilities on you. And it's not wrong to have a moment where you say, look, I am drowning here. I need to get something from God. It's not wrong to get what you need. And that's what I felt the Lord speak to us today. Everybody say in Jesus' name. And you can be seated today in Jesus' name. I'm so glad you're all here. God is so good to us, and we want the word to minister today. We, we know that we are supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And that right there seems to be the issue. If we don't love ourselves, we can't love other people. This is not some new age talk I'm talking about. This is biblical. This isn't something I pulled out of a book other than Bible. We have got, we have got to love ourselves. Our value comes from looking at what God says about us. Our value comes from the love of our God for us. We know that we're nothing. We know that we deserve nothing. But we know that he gave everything. He gave everything for us because of our value is so great. Our value is so high that you've got to learn to love yourself because Jesus loves you. If we do not value ourselves enough to take care of ourselves, then it will never translate and help anybody else. We cannot help other people if we don't take care of ourselves. We cannot love other people and serve other people if we won't take the time to let Jesus serve us. For us to get right, it is not wrong. And the question I pose today at the beginning of this message is, do you love yourself? Do you value yourself? Do you give to yourself? You should. If you love yourself, you do what's best for yourself. This is where it gets kind of tricky. Because when we try to define what is truly good for ourselves, we all have a divided room. But let me just tell you a few things. Wasting money on yourself is not good for yourself. I said wasting money is not good for you. It puts you in debt. That's not good for you. Hurting people is not good for you. 
because it will come back to you. Being unhealthy is not good for you. So we have to define what's truly good for us. Not having a walk with God is not good for us. If you're going to treat yourself good, you need to have access to God on a daily basis. You need to make sure you've got the power of heaven inside of you on a daily basis. If you really want to love yourself the right way, then get a walk with God the right way so that you can take care of yourself. Because here's the point. We can't give to other people when we're running on empty. There's always a pull to give and to help everybody else around us. Because everybody around us is hurting, there's a pull to always spend our energy on somebody else. Because everybody in your family needs help, there's always a demand on you to never take time for you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now talking to somebody. I just felt the trigger in the spirit when I said that. Somebody, you felt something lock up in your heart because you know I'm talking to you right now. You've become the rescuer for everybody and you never get your time. Because our world is so dark, because families are so hurting, we all feel the pull to constantly give out. But when do we ever get? When do we ever receive? And so we've got to make sure we understand today that that is going to be there. If you're married, there's a pull on you. You've got to give. If you've got kids, there's a pull on you. You've got to give. If you've got elderly parents, there's a pull on you. You've got to give. You have to. You feel the pressure all around you. If you've got bills, you've got to give. If you've got a boss and a job, you have to give. Everyone's asking you for everything, but when do you take care of you? When do you get what you need? Everybody's taking, but are you getting what you need? That's what I feel the heart of God is trying to say in this service today is I want my people to have time where they can grow, where they can be strengthened, where they can receive because I know the demand on them is great. They need a great reception. They need a great God to give to them. And that's exactly what the Holy Ghost wants to do in this service today is God wants to bless you today. Not ask anything from you. Not ask you to give today but just for you to open up and receive today. You know, let's talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's all about giving. It's all about giving. Love is giving. You come up in church, it's giving. I got to be nice to everybody. I don't even like some of these people, but I got to be nice because they're watching. Because pastor's watching. Because God is watching. Like, I think it's so funny. People are like, I can't believe you lied in the church or you said that word in the church. And I'm like, he sees you in the parking lot. Y'all get off all that Old Testament stuff. Our God knows what you do all the time. So we come up in here and we act perfect. We act like everything's okay. And we, we, we come in here and we give, 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 and we give, and there's offering, and there's tithes, and we give our worship, and we give, and we give, and we give, and we just feel spent sometimes in the kingdom of God. Anything you're blessed to have, you are required to support and it can be frustrating feeling the desire or even the pressure to help feeling like you have nothing to offer. Some of the most frustrating things is knowing that everybody needs you, but you have nothing left. That'll, that'll drive you into depression. That'll drive you into running. That'll drive you into the woods deep saying, I might as well just go ahead and commit suicide. That spirit of suicide comes from not being able to carry what you're carrying. And you say, I'd rather just not carry anything, even me. 
feel this demand on us. We feel this spirit come over us that says, I have responsibility, but I do not have power. And I'm going to crack under the pressure if I don't get help, Pastor. The first thing Jesus asked of his followers was simply to give up. Leave your physical lives and follow me. But later we find that Jesus says, I want you to give in. Because the beginning of your walk with God says give up. Give up. Follow me. Spend time with me. But in the end of your, your training with Jesus, we find that Jesus is sitting with his disciples before he is going to be crucified, and they are washing feet. And he's trying to wash his disciples' feet, but Peter speaks out, the outspoken one, and says, you cannot wash my feet. And what does Jesus say in response? He says, if you don't let me give to you and wash your feet, you have nothing else to do with me. Because the first thing God asks for us is to give in, give up. But over time, he will ask you to give in. The first thing he wants to do is give up the world and follow him. But the last thing he wants to do is give in and let him work. Let him work. You hear me? Let him work. I know some of you today have given up, but you haven't given in. Some of you go to church, but you won't let God work. You get in the presence of God, but you won't let him get down at your feet and wash you and serve you because you're so used to always having to give all the time. You don't even know how to take. Lord, help us today in the Holy Ghost to receive today. Our God is not just a God that asks of us. Our God is a God that serves. Our God is not just king, but he is servant, and he wants to walk in this room today and find somebody to bless, somebody to wash, someone to recover, someone to bless. Our God is not just a God on a throne. He's a God that steps down, grabs a pot of water and a towel, and says, you need me. You need me to help you. You need me to bless you. You can't do this without me. Thank you, Lord. If you're not okay receiving, you will eventually have nothing to offer. If you are not okay receiving, you will eventually have nothing to offer anybody. And you will fall under the weight of responsibility on your life preaching to people right now that you have a heart to give but there's just one problem your heart is empty you have a desire to serve you have an ability in you to want to do it. You desire to do it. The problem is when you look inside your gas tank, you're running on fumes. You've got nothing left. You give and you give and you give. And you feel like you've got nothing left. And the word for you today is this. Come on into the house of God. Come on into the altar and let God fill you again. Let God restore you again. Let God serve you today. Because if you don't let him work on you, there's nothing you can do for anybody else. You have a desire to serve. I know that you do. I know that you do. But do you have a desire to be trained, to be filled, to be taught by the master? You have a desire to help, but do you have the power to help is the question. Lord, help us. We need more than desire. The only way to keep up with the demand is to get the supply. It doesn't matter if there's a demand, if there is no supply. The most frustrating thing is to have a demand on you and no supply. 
You're a business owner. Imagine everybody wants your product, but you can only make three of them. That's frustrating right there. I've talked to men in our church that own businesses that they've got more jobs than they've got employees. How frustrating. If I just had the supply, I could produce the demand. But because I don't have enough supply, it doesn't matter that I have the demand. We have a demand issue because we won't spend time in the presence of God getting a supply. If we would focus on the supply, our God would produce the demand. God would use us if we would spend time being filled by him. We're all out there looking for a job and won't spend time in prayer. We're looking for someone to bless. We're looking for a Bible study to get. We're looking for a wife to serve, a husband to love, but we won't get in his presence. You cannot give if you can't learn to receive. God, help us today in the Holy Ghost to get in his presence and say, I'm nothing without you. I can't give to anybody without you. I'm just a person, a human. I'm spent. I'm tired. I'm wore out. But if you could renew me, if you could strengthen me, if you could bless me, I could bless others. You need more than desire, church family. You need fulfillment. John 7, 38, King James Version, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, 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 not ponds, say rivers. Rivers, not ponds, rivers. Not something you keep for yourself, but something that flows through you. Not something just for you, but something for you, for somebody. Help me, Jesus. I want a river. I don't want a pond or a lake or an ocean. I want to flow. God does not give to us to keep it for ourselves. God gives it to us to flow through us. Listen to this. If you're not willing to give, you can't receive. But if you don't receive, you can't give. Somebody say rivers. But this he spake in verse 39 of the Spirit, which was not yet given out. The Holy Ghost was not yet given that they should believe, should receive. But they hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. But this river is the Holy Ghost. But does anybody have the Holy Ghost? then you've got a river inside of you. You have a constant access to supplies of God. You should never be wore out if you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. This is why we must renew the gift of the Holy Ghost every single day. You've got to unstop the river from flowing. You've got to make sure there's no rocks or debris in the way. Every day you wake up, you make sure there's a flow. You make sure there's a flow. You make sure you get something for you. Because if you can't get it in you, you can't give it to anybody else. The Spirit of God that fills us is a river, a wellspring of living water, not a water tank. And the focus is not on great storage, allowing us to distance from our source on a consistent basis. Pastor, fill me up so I don't need God till next Sunday. That's not the will of God. That's not what he wants for you. That's not what he wanted in the wilderness. He said, I'll lead you daily. I'll feed you daily. I'll water you daily. 
And in fact, when they stored up the manna and they tried to hold it for two days, he said it's going to turn to worms. You can't hold what God gives you and use it next week. You've got to get up every morning and say, give it to me again. I've already used yesterday's prayer meeting. I've got to have one today. I've got to have one today. Somebody's going to need me today. Someone's going to need me to pray today. I've got to be a daddy today. I've got to be a mom today. I can't use yesterday's power. It's a river, y'all. It's meant to flow. It's meant to move. It's alive. That word living means moving, rushing, traveling. So we come to church and we say, just give me enough so that I don't have to pray this week. That's, that's, that's the way I was raised in church. No one told me to do that. But that's, that's the concept that I got. I would get so full of the Holy Ghost on Sunday. My Mondays were powerful, but by Thursday, I was, I was a hypocrite. Was I a hypocrite or was I just a casual drinker? I'm going to tell you what I was. I wasn't a hypocrite. I was inconsistent. The majority of church people are not hypocrites. Hypocrisy is on purpose. But the majority of our brothers and sisters that struggle with what you call hypocrisy is not hypocrisy. It's an inconsistent flow of the Spirit of God on a daily basis. The best people in the world are in this church, but only when they're praying. Listen, we are the worst when we're not praying. Y'all said amen way too loud. Was it for you or for somebody else? We are the worst when we're not praying. We're not hypocrites. We're inconsistent. We give God our Sundays and that's it. He wants to be our river. He wants to be our constant. Every minute, every day, flow in the Spirit. He never wants us to take a minute off, a day off, an hour off. He wants to flow through us so that we can be instant in season and out of season. He wants us to be always ready. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm telling you again, you need to get yours today. And it's not wrong for you to get yours. You just need to go ahead and let everybody around you excuse you while you get, you just say, I have to have mine. It's not wrong. It's not selfish for you to get yours first. God said, Abram, I want you to leave your family. I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to do something for you, Abram. I'm going to do something just for you. And from you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I'm going to make your seed like the stars in the sky and the sand of the ocean, but I need you first to leave your family, to leave your father, and just connect to me all by yourself, Abram. I need to work with you first alone so that I can let you be big. It's not wrong for God to deal with us alone. It's not wrong for you to go get your walk with God. It's not wrong for you to go to the altar and say, I need to be filled today with the Spirit of God. It's not wrong for you to have your time with Jesus. In fact, it's a necessity. Jesus was baptized. The Spirit, like a dove, descends from heaven. He goes into the wilderness. He's fasting food. He's being tempted of the devil. He comes out after 40 days of having personal time. Personal time. Meanwhile, people are dying everywhere around him. Meanwhile, sick people need to be healed. Meanwhile, the dead need to be raised. Meanwhile, people are hurting. Forty days he spent in the wilderness by himself. 
What a waste of time. Don't you know people need you? Don't you know there's people that need you, Jesus? What do you think you're doing? If you truly love the world, you would never have gone that wilderness for 40 days and wasted all that time. If you really love people, you wouldn't spend time like that. But you don't understand. The Bible says that when he got done after the temptation, he came out of the wilderness with great authority and power over the spirit realm. If you don't get your 40 days of closeness with God, you'll have no power to cast out the devils at the other end of the wilderness. We want to leave our baptism and go straight to devil fighting, but you have not spent your 40 days alone with God making sure that you've got the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost so that you can cast the devil out. Listen, it's not wrong to spend time alone with God. Because if you will not commit to you, your spiritual health, your anointing, your growth, then what can you do for anybody else's problems? Lord, help us in the Holy Ghost right now. Please hear me. We need more than desire. We need more than a love for people. We need a love for God. We've got to get alone with Him and be full of His Spirit or we can help nobody. We cannot help our spouse, our children, our neighbor, our friend if we will not invest in a personal walk with God on a daily basis. Then we've got nothing, nothing to offer people. So you know what? The sick may have to wait a few days. And it don't matter if you're dead four days, he can still raise you. I'm not worried about it. Jesus, where were you? You were late. What if he was praying? Jesus. Where were you? What if he was praying? What if that was the first time he had ever raised someone from the dead? What if this miracle on this level has never been done before? What if it took four days of prayer? What if it took four days alone so that he could come up there and tell death, get back? But we say he's late, and we wonder what he's doing, but fear not on the, on the consequences of your time with God. Don't you worry one bit of what happens while you're in your prayer meeting, because whatever is happening in your prayer meeting, when you come out, you can fix it. If God is for you. Just know this, devil. I'll give you 40 days to do what you want to do, but when I come out this wilderness, I'm going to break your kingdom. Just know this, devil. I'll give you 40 days you can attack me. I'll give you 40 days to fight me. I'll give you 40 days, but when I get done, I'm going to take three years. I'm going to turn the world upside down. Down. I'm going to cast out every devil I meet. I'm going to raise every person I see. I'm going to have the blinded eyes opened up. You can have your 40, but I'm getting my three years. Don't you worry about that 40 where you think you're losing everything. You're not losing anything in the presence of the king. Get yours. Whatever it takes, get yours. In the Holy Ghost, get yours in Jesus' name. Whatever it costs you, get yours. You won't lose your marriage because you go on a one-week fast. Get yours. You won't lose it. You'll get it back. But spend time with God. Get the supply. Ooh, I feel the Lord speaking today in this place. I didn't think I would feel this. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us today. Thank you, Lord. Pardon me. I got some armor to put on.
It might take me a little while to get dressed. But you don't want to live with me without my armor on. Put on the whole armor of God. That takes time, y'all. You can't just get out and run out the door. If you want me fighting, you let me put my armor on. Don't call me asking me to fight for you if you won't give me time to buy armor on. Yo, we don't give people time to take care of themselves. We don't take breaks. We don't, we don't put the kids in bed and have prayer and Bible study. We don't feed ourselves, and we're spent, and we're weak, but we're not called to be. We just have to prioritize time for the supplies. So get yours. But listen, because it's a river, you're not going to get yours for you. How, how do you. how do you, your motivation, how's your motivation, I'm going to go to prayer just for me? How do you talk to a God that died for everyone about just you? See, it's not selfish for you to be holy and righteous and go into prayer because it's impossible for you to pray to a holy giving God and everything just be about you. This is why I don't have to feel bad about going into prayer meeting and taking time because there's nothing going to happen in the prayer meeting to make me lift it up or make it all be about me. Because if I'm truly praying correctly, then there's going to be something flow out of me to bless somebody else. So I'm not going to God for me. I'm going to God because of the responsibilities that are weighted on me that I can't do without God. If I was by myself in the woods like John the Baptist, I probably could eat some locusts and go to heaven too. No problem. Go find me a camel and kill it. I guess he killed it. He had camel hair. I guess he killed a camel. I don't know. Maybe it died. I have no idea. Can camels even die? They live in the desert. I don't understand. But if none of us had a responsibility, then couldn't we all just go to heaven easily? But you know, it's the weights of our responsibilities all around us and sins and issues and temptations pulling at us that we've got to go to prayer and say, God, I need your help. And it's not just for me because you won't just go pray for you. Jesus, as our example, would frequently go get alone and pray. Did you know that? When you study the Bible, did you know that Jesus would go get alone? Jesus, God robed in flesh. Some of y'all are like, well, why would he do that? He was God in flesh because he was our example. The people living in that day could not read the mind of Jesus. So he had to do everything out loud. Trust me, y'all, he didn't have to do it the way he did it. He did it for us. He said, Father, not because he's the Son, second in the Godhead. He said, Father, because we are his children. He was trying to show us how to have a walk with our Father because he became the intercessor. He became the mediator. He became the way for us. So we had to speak like we should speak. Jesus spent time alone in prayer. Why? Because ministry for others will deplete you. Ministry for others will deplete you. And if you don't have a consistent daily flow of re reoccurrence from God and gaining God and fulfillment in God, you'll eventually get to the place where you can't take it anymore. And watch this. Nobody in your circle will be blessed anymore. Now, I just really felt that in the spirit for somebody. You might have the form of godliness, but you've denied the power thereof. You are giving, but no one's being blessed. Is there anybody in your circles that you spend a lot of time with, but they're not getting any closer to God? You give, but they're not getting any closer to God. 
Because you can't give what you don't have. So maybe pause your ministry for a season and go find out what God wants to do inside of you so that you've got something to give everybody else. He said, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Somebody say daily bread. Not weekly bread. Not Sunday bread. Not every other day bread. He said, when you pray, you pray like this. How do you pray, give us daily bread every other day? The only way to pray the prayer, give us this day and give me daily bread, is for you to every day go before the Lord and get fed. Why does Jesus want you to get fed? Because you can't work and serve on an empty stomach. There's nothing wrong with you feeding yourself. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. There is nothing wrong with you having your Bible study time. There's nothing wrong with you having your moment in worship. Don't you let anybody steal away your supply. If they take your supply, then they'll be broken and they'll get nothing from your ministries. You have got to make sure you've got boundaries. You say no to people and you let them know you won't want to be with me if I don't have God. That's what I tell people that their boss try to make them miss church. I tell them to go tell your boss you don't want to see me after I miss church. I get crazy. Hey, you ought to go do it sometime. Work on Sunday and show up on Monday and be like, Wah! Wah! What happened to you? I missed the Holy Ghost Sunday. I'm crazy. Well, you get back to that church house. Next time your boss says, I really need you to come in on Sunday, say, say trust me, you need me to go pray. Trust me. You don't want to see me without, did you know what I was like before the Lord? Oh, trust me, I wouldn't be a good employee for your company if I wasn't right with my God. You wouldn't make near as much money, boss, if I wasn't right with my God. Sometimes you've got to say no before you can say yes. Hey, we're not being rude. Don't let anybody pressure you. You're not being rude. You're not being rude. Sometimes you got to say no to people so that you can say yes. Sometimes you got to say, I'm spent, I'm at my limit, I'm capped off, I can't do it anymore. But if you'll give me a little season of restoration, I will come back stronger, I will come back better. Me and Jesus will get this thing done. And you got to let people know sometimes, I can't do this for you, I can't be your God, I can't be your God, I can't be your God. You can't be your spouse's God. You can't be your kid's God. You can't be anybody's God. You are not God. You've got to go spend time with God just to make it. So learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. So that you can say yes. If you're going to use me, you have to let him get, let me get to him first. If you're going to ask of me, you've got to let me have some time with the master. If you're going to ask for me to be a supernatural blessing in your life, you've got to give me time with him. That's the only way it works. I get my ability to bless you only because I am close to him. 
It is impossible to seek our Savior and be selfish. We are not given the power to recode the Spirit of God and to make it only bless us. When you get the Holy Ghost, you cannot tell it what to do. Its goal is never just to get us, get in us, and just stay in us. The Spirit of God, like a river, never just comes to us for us. It always comes to us for something else. Because it is a river that flows, its destination is always through us and never just to us. Watch this. The Spirit of God cannot be contained. We are told not to quench the Spirit. Do you know what that means? Don't you dare try to hold back God when God wants to move. Because we are not given the power or ability to tell the Spirit what to do. If you quench the Spirit long enough, you'll stop feeling the Spirit moving in your life. Because the Spirit is the boss, not us. We don't tell the Spirit what to do. The Spirit tells us what to do. I love this. In New King James Version, John 3 and 8, watch this. The wind blows where it wishes. The wind blows where it wants to. And you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from, and you can't even tell where it's going to go. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. It, it's in control, not us. You can't control the wind. You cannot tell the Spirit of God what to do. All you can do is say, Lord, move me. Lord, show me. Lord, flow through me. God, whatever you want to do, I want you to do it. We don't control the Spirit. The Spirit controls us. We don't use it. It uses some of us pray the wrong way. We pray like this, Lord, I want you to go do this for us. Instead of saying, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? The wind blows where it wants to. Either put your sails up or put them down. Because when your sails are up, you go where the wind says. Thank you, Jesus. It blows where it wants. As Christians, I'm almost done today. As Christians, we can be some of the worst at taking time for our own spiritual health. Because we feel guilty getting help with so many people around us asking for our help. After all, right, we're the church, right? And we're supposed to go into all the world and, and save everybody. We're supposed to help everybody, right? We're the church. But we're not able to help anybody if we won't take time to take care of ourselves. And stop letting the devil make us feel guilty. Because we need time. The devil has lied to us long enough. The lame man at the gate, y'all, he needs more than your money. It's not in my notes, but I'm so thankful for all your good jobs, your good paying jobs. It's, it's great. But the world needs more than our money. I'm so glad you give. I'm so glad we're going to be able to do great things for the kingdom and buy waters for people down the road. But you know what they really need? They need more than money. The lame man does not need more money. Money won't buy his legs. Money won't fix his problems. Money is never the problem. 
Never. Our world does not need us to work and spend all of our time so we can give a few coins and help somebody get through their day a few more days. Our world needs us to get something so tight with God that they no longer have to beg again. God's plan is not for us just to pander and cater to broken people by giving them a few coins every service. God's plan is for us to give them something supernatural where they come to church and they leave and they've got something where they can go make their own money. God wants it to be a river, y'all. Wow. See what the legs are? The legs are a symbol of the river because as long as he doesn't have his legs, he needs us to supply. But when he gets his legs, he can go get his own supply. God wants to do a river miracle in people's lives, not a water tank miracle. God wants us to help people be able to have their own walk with God, their own walk with God. He wants the lame to get up and be able to walk with God. The lame man today is hoping and praying that some of us will get more than money. We will get the power of the name of Jesus. Because what he wants to do is he wants to walk again. He wants to walk again. The best example of this that I could ever give you happens whenever I get on an airplane. I mentioned it before, but it's such an incredible illustration. How many of you have ever flown before? Flown before? It's quite scary, isn't it? I hate flying. If your plane breaks down, you die. You know? Your car breaks down, you just pull over, wait. You know? Plane breaks down, you just die. You know? Maybe not. You could maybe land in a river. That sounds like fun. Everybody trying to step on each other. And while we're there in the plane getting ready, the, uh, the lady, man, they're so rude, aren't they? They get up there and they say, in case we lose cabin pressure, which probably will never happen, but just in case, we prepared for it. Something's going to drop from the ceiling. It's going to be this, like, uh, mask, has a tube, and supposedly its goal is to help us to have some air to breathe in the event of an emergency. And this is what, this is what they tell us to do. I, just, I find this completely just mind-boggling. They would be so rude. But do you believe I'm sitting by my son right here? Aspen's sitting right beside me. And they say, everyone listen, if, we, if these things fall from the ceiling, first grab it and put it on you. And I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. This is what I'm thinking. I love my son more than even myself. Why would I not put it first on my son and my daughter and my wife? Because but aren't I supposed to help them? It doesn't make any sense, does it? Can anyone even imagine a reason why she would tell me to first put the air on me? Maybe it's because if I pass out, how could I help my kids reach their mass? If I, as the adult, the responsible party, do not have my flow, How could I help anybody around me? In that moment, you realize it is not selfish for you to reach up. Grab a hold of the flow. 
from the source. Put it on your head and begin to breathe like you should breathe. Because in that moment, you maintain the direct line of life so that those in your vicinity can now be blessed by your ministry. It is not wrong for you to put your walk with God before everything else. The Holy Ghost wants every one of us to understand that He is calling you away from all responsibility for a few moments today where you can just make sure you're good. Because you need this today. Because you deserve this today. You hear me? You deserve your power. You deserve your strength. Our God died on a cross for us to be endued with power from on high. And it's a tragedy that we would go through life and not have the power and the joy of the Spirit inside of us. We deserve some time with the Lord so that we can have a fresh flow of the river and the breath of life. We need to get alone with God. It's not wrong to get off. It's not wrong to get ours. It's not wrong to say to your husband or your wife, just watch my stuff. i got to go pray. You know when you need it. You know when you're, you're gasping for air. You know when you're barely hanging on. You know when there's too much responsibility. It's not wrong for you to recognize the signs and to realize I'm crushing, I'm falling, I need help. It's not wrong for you to say just hold on a moment while I go make sure I've got help. Make the appointment today. Get the counseling that you need. Our numbers and our schedules are here for you. Don't delay do not struggle and go through problems by yourself. Do not go alone. Get up every day and make sure God is with you. Make sure God is for you. Make sure God is there with you it, because you're going to be taxed. You're going to be spent. You're going to get wore out and give up and quit and want to backslide. So hear me today. You've got to make sure you've got to flow in the Holy Ghost. Whatever it takes, you deserve to make sure you're good. You deserve it. Somebody say, I deserve it. He died for this very purpose. Christ died for you to be able to have power, not barely hang on every day. He died for you so you can make it and be overcomers, so we can be more than conquerors. He died for us so that we could do this. We're wasting His power if we're not in supply and flow. He's just going to keep adding the weight and the crushings and it keep happening, and we're going to snap one day. truth is you're not weak when you say let me go get close to God you're just real you hear me you're not weak the devil's a liar he's lying right now to you saying no that's weakness when I tell everybody I need my time it's selfish no it's not it's a revelation but if I truly love my family my kids and my spouse I have to get this I have to I have to like a soldier has to go and leave his family so that she can be safe. You've got to do what you've got to do sometimes. Today the Holy Ghost is saying, you deserve yours. You can't get it all in this service because you've got to get up tomorrow and get it too. But you have got to understand what the Spirit is saying today. Someone in this house, hear me in the Holy Ghost. You've been sinking under the weight of all your good intentions. You need to come get restored today in the Holy Ghost to cast your cares upon him for he cares for you 
Our God worries or carries. He doesn't worry. He's concerned about you. He's concerned about what you're dealing with. And He wants to be the weight carrier for you. He wants you to come to the altar and say, Lord, everybody's depending on me. My kids are begging me. My spouse, my job. I can't carry this. So come to the altar and let the Lord know and let Him supply a river again. Let it flow again. Receive the power of God again so that you can leave this altar and go out there and bless somebody else. And God could anoint you and God could use you. You may have to tell somebody beside you, just hang on a minute, I got to go pray. You may have to just tap your neighbor, your spouse, and say, can you just wait here a minute? I got to go. I got to go. But don't just go to the altar. Go and get full so that God can use you again. God can use your ministry. How do you have a ministry if you don't have a prayer life? How do you be a leader if you don't have a prayer life? How could we serve the kingdom if we can't let God fill us? How could God use us? How could God use us and anoint us? How can we reach our lost loved ones, our moms and our dads and our siblings brothers and sons and daughters if we cannot have input there will not be output if you truly want to be used by God and you truly love your neighbor you've got to love yourself enough to say I'm going down and I'm going to pray and release all this weight and release all my cares I've got to God I've got to God I've got to today Come on, our church is a very open praying church. Our church is a very active church. Our church is on a sit back and stare church. Ain't nothing ever happened sitting back in church. Nothing powerful ever happened. There was never a miracle that happened. But it's an active church. It's a praying for somebody beside me church. It's a I've got to do something church faith without works is dead I've got to get out of where I am I don't want to be spent I don't want to be overcome I don't want to be heavy and laden I want to have a flow in my life so that God can use me as a husband as a man, as a mom as an employee as a minister if you'll start to pray right now, the river will flow again. You hear me? The river is going to flow again. Out of, your, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit, uh, but the Holy Ghost had not yet been poured out. Uh, but listen to me, the Holy Ghost is now poured out. Uh, the Holy Ghost is now poured out. Uh, you can receive the Holy Ghost today. You can receive the Spirit of God today. Open up your heart. Turn to God and let Him begin to fill you again. Let God begin to renew in you again. Renew in me a right spirit. Renew in me a peace. Renew in me a joy, God. Renew in me the joy of my salvation. Before I leave this place today, God, I've got to learn how to let you serve me. Jesus wants to wash some feet today. He wants to serve us so we learn to serve others. He wants to flow in us so things can flow out of us. It's not wrong for you to come down here and put your face in the carpet and declare to your Savior, I need you today. Your greatest ministry comes from the greatest prayer meetings. The greatest anointings come from the greatest submissions to God. The greatest ministries of music and instruments come from getting along with God and letting Him feel you, getting support in prayer, and letting God feel you with His anointing and power. 
Come on, moms and dads, uh, grandparents who watch grandkids. Uh, come on, let's make sure that we are full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, let's make sure that we're not going to be overburdened with the things of the world uh, and responsibilities. I need more than desire. I need fulfillment. Uh, I need more than a desire to help my family. I need the ability to help my family. I pray in the name of Jesus right now, God. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Oh, fill me up, Lord. Oh, I surrender all to you, Jesus. I give it all to you, Lord. Open up before you, Lord. Fill me up, God. Oh, if you can fill me up, if you can fill me up, then I can walk out of this place ready. I can walk out of here and love somebody. I can put up with the worst of the worst. Oh, God, fill me up. I can preach it. I can teach it. I can love them if I can be full of the Holy Ghost. Give me this day my daily bread. It's okay to eat. It's okay to eat and consume. It's okay to be full of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, Lord, we need you. Let us all cry out to God today with an open sincerity that declares that, God, I need you. God, I can't make it without you. Jesus, I can't carry this by myself. I can't carry this alone. I can work hard, but I can't be victorious. I can work hard, but I can't have power and anointing. I want to see the lame man walk. I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. I can't do that by myself, God. I've got to go get it so that I can give it away. Oh, I surrender to you, God. Oh, I give to you, Jesus. There's somebody beside me that needs me to pray through right now. There's somebody in your family that needs you to pray through right now. There's somebody that's looking to you for help, expecting more from you. But it's not your fault. It's that you will not let your heavenly Father supply your ever needs. I can't carry this, but He can. I can't do this by myself, but He can do this. God can supply. God can give. God can give. In the name of Jesus. You're a strong man, strong woman. That's okay. I don't take that away from you. But there's too much on us. There's too much on us. Oh, God, let us open up today. Oh, God, let us confess today without pride in the way. Let us open up today, God, and confess it's too much. Oh, it's, it's okay for your spouse to be too much. It's okay for your job to be too much. It's just not okay for you to go through it by yourself. It's not okay for you to feel the weight of it by yourself. You have a God that wants to serve and wash your feet. Take off your socks and your shoes and let Him work. Oh, let Him work. Let Him work. He's a God that serves. He's a God that changes lives. He just wants somebody willing to, to let him work. He said, I want to trade your sorrow for joy. He said, let me come into your heart and I'll take away the pain and I'll put the peace. He said, let me come in there and begin to work inside of you. He's the, he's the potter and I'm the clay. He just wants to serve today somebody. Don't you leave this place without fresh joy in the Holy Ghost, without repenting, turning your heart to God. That's it. He's doing it right now. He's going to do it because we are hungry, because we are open. He's going to fill us.
those that, that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. I'm hungry, God. I'm starving right now because I've been giving to everybody and I don't get anything from me. I serve all over this church, but I don't ever get anything from me. I serve my whole family. I'm supposed to be perfect for everybody, but I don't ever have a flow. The more demand on you, the more prayer you need. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. The more demand on you, the more authority you have been given, the more prayer you've got to have. The Holy Ghost is speaking right now. I can see it in this place. I can see open hearts right now. God is dealing with people right now. You're under the weight. You have a good heart. You mean well. You're not a bad person. You just can't carry this. You hear me? You just can't carry this. You're a great man. You're a great woman. You just carry too much. Let him, let him lift you. Let Jesus lift you. Let Jesus lift you. Let Jesus lift you. Weep before the Lord. Weep before the Lord and say, Jesus, everybody's pulling at me. Everybody's expecting perfection. But I can't anymore. I can't even finish the college work and the homework and the pressure. My own mind attacks me. Oh, cast your cares on him. For he cares for us. He cares for us. He, he cares for us. He cares for us.